There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome again to Really with Tom and Dave. I am uh, Dave. Uh, it's a little tricky to pronounce, but it's Dave. And uh, of course, yeah. uh, in the other window, you'll find Tom. That's me. Hey, yo, what's up? What's How you up? doing, Tom? Good. Yeah. And uh, now, th- now, th- it's going to say this week we have a guest who is an, a very old friend of mine, and we we recorded this last week, so we're so we. It's not like we do a wardrobe change for these intros, <laughs> uh, but we could. Yeah, but but yeah, so we had our uh, a very old friend of mine, Blaine Capatch. Uh, come on to discuss his his UFO experience. Yeah, Blaine is awesome. Uh, Blaine is a Kapatch is an American comedian, writer, and actor known for his unique and often surreal style of comedy. Uh, he's made appearances on various comedy shows, podcasts, and television programs. His notable works include his involvement as a writer and performer on the sketch comedy show Mad TV, which was awesome and aired on Fox. He also co-hosted the podcast, The Long Shot Podcast, where he engaged in discussions about life, comedy, and personal experiences alongside his fellow comedians. In addition to his comic endeavors, uh, Blaine's also known for his interest in and knowledge about UFOs and extraterrestrial phenomenon. He's been out uh, open about his fascination with the subject and has incorporated references to UFOs and related topics into his comedy. Has an experience also to share with us to uh, on this uh, episode. So let's uh, let's get started. It's a great conversation. Blaine, here we are. How are you? Now, have you guys have you guys met before, Tom? No, Blaine, I have, you guys I, have not met. I just met Blaine seconds ago on this. Just seconds ago, because we have been we friends met. since the nineties, I believe. Yeah, like going back. All I think twentieth century friends. Yes, back to I think I remember. I'm trying to think. Going back to like I remember meeting you, I think, when I first started coming down to Largo when I first moved to L.A. The old Largo yeah. on Fairfax. Yeah, and maybe even the shows before that. Maybe remember there used to be, was it Pedro's? Was that? Yeah, it was Yeah, it was Pedro's. It was at a place called the Onyx for a while. Yeah. It, bumped, it started at the Lava Lounge of all places. Right, yes. And it, was, and it was hosted by Jeremy Kramer, and then it was 
sort of taken over by Josh DiDonato. Remember him? Yes. And then uh, used to hang out uh, with Andy uh, Dick then, all the time. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, Dick was always hanging around. <laughs> uh, but then it ended up at Largo, and then Lisa Langang took over. Yeah, was, you know. But that's—I guess that was when I when I met you. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, because I know I knew you, uh, and I was saying to Tom but earlier that when when I went, I met Chrissy, who uh, you may know I married um, mm-hmm. almost a couple of times, really. Um, and then, but we met, I met Chrissy cause I went down to see the show that you and Paul F. Tompkins and Greg Verrant were in. So I was going, uh, the, that, yeah. that was, that, that was turned out to be something called uh, white trash wins lotto. Yes. That was fun. Yeah. I remember. And you, uh, you took over for, uh, Paul F mm. and, uh, and you were the, the bad executive and we did, uh, do what we want to the cunt cause she's only a chick. Yes. And so I prop. delightfully problematic show and i overcame my terror of singing in public so that i could be there and hit on chrissy at the time that was my my (laughs) that's good uh you were successful in both i think it It all worked out out. yeah yeah that was fun those those old largo days with the the white trash stuff yeah it was the well it was the 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 birth of the la alternative comedy scene it was a fun and 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 the old mixing the old music scene and the old comedy scene at that place was pretty exciting at the time I really like that because uh, I was like John Bryan would come up to me on Friday and he would go, "Hey, uh, uh, Elliot Smith is here. You got to see Elliot Smith. Or Robin Hitchcock is here. You got to see Robin Hitchcock." Like uh, Beck and Beth Wharton would be exchanging songs. It was really amazing. Yeah. It was a great, great time. There was a, just just such a, a pollination. It felt like situationist France or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great time. But but then but I've known you all these years. And only all these years, all these years. And but I had no idea that you had an interest and an experience in the UFO world. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. Well, what's your what's your, not I not mean, in the UFO world, just but just here on Earth. Yes. Yeah. Right. The, their, their visitation <laughs> of us. What? Well, did I mean, did you grow up like believing in this stuff? I mean, did you you know, what was your what was your introduction to it? Or what did was there a moment of of aha for you, like with this? phenomenon or uh, was it an experience that started it off that changed it no i know i was like well i was in fifth grade when it happened this was in 75 and uh uh and i was i was never never had a reason to not believe in flying saucers or aliens i was always very open-minded about stuff and very science fictiony but this was still like pre-star wars stuff Mm. So, uh, but I, you know, I was, I, I was science fiction minded and, and very, uh, and just a little inquisitive kid, Yeah. but the, the sighting was, was accidental. Yeah. But you were culturally yeah. aware of the UFO phenomena. Yes. As a kid. Yeah. Yo, oh, yeah. Of course. Betty and Barney Hill and yeah. all that stuff was, was, was happening. Uh, uh, and Martian hop and sped up records and <laughs> people, you know, everybody had an antenna and my favorite Martian. It was all, yeah. there was, there was, uh, uh, culture was soaked in flying saucers. So there was no, no doubt about it. That was, I think back when I was a kid, there was still like, oh yeah, canals on Mars. People were, if we get there, well, there will be canals there. Yeah. Before Viking, there was still before hope Viking, when I was a kid. we didn't know. Before Viking actually landed, there was still going, well, maybe, maybe something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could be like, you know, buildings with columns and stuff overgrown with yeah. some sort of Martian ivy. No, nothing like that. Yeah. No, I remember being ho- just 
going, oh, that's cool when Viking and then being hugely disappointed by everything it sent back. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it's it like landed a, in Bakersfield. Terrible place. I know. Right. It's just mm. it's the dullest nothing going on up there. Sadly, mm. except for the Buck, the Buck Owens Crystal Palace is pretty good. Other than that. <laughs> what was your so what okay so your fifth grade what you're 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 you have some you have some context for for the ufo stuff i mean but you're not looking for something right you're something no it was here's here's long story short i was i had just come back from a weekend hunting with my brother and i had found a baby ringneck snake and i brought it back and it escaped in the trunk and they couldn't find it. We couldn't find it anywhere. I went home and then my brother called and said, we found the snake in the sleeping bag. Come get your snake. So my mom and dad and I get Where are in you, our by car. The way? What are you? What this is, I'm in Pennsylvania. In? Oh. I'm in Dallas town, Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. it's a suburb of York. It's kind of Amish country, a big rolling green hill. I'm a Philly guy, Philly guy. Yeah. Lots of, uh, okay. you know, Yeah. So, okay. So I, you're... So I, I just drew, drove across Pennsylvania with my daughter yesterday. I'd never been through it. Beautiful country. It is beautiful. beautiful Very beautiful. A little scary. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's 1972 scary there all the time. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, but I was, uh, uh, we get in the car, our old Volkswagen 412, and we were driving down the alley to the, to the road to go see my brother and, who lives off in the countryside with his wife and my niece and my there's this light and my mom keeps saying it's what is that is that is that venus what is that and my dad keeps saying uh uh uh, uh that's venus it's venus gene that's not harold that's not venus i remember sitting in the bag harold that's not venus <laughs> and it kept getting brighter and brighter we get to the end of the alley and there's nobody around. It was strangely quiet. No cars or any traffic or anything. Small town, very small town. But uh, this thing goes over us, a triangle, a black triangle. It had a, a large white light in each corner and a row of colored lights across the back. And I remember it was just hanging in the sky moving slower than it should have been to be flying i remember thinking this it can't be flying it wasn't floating though and it was it looked heavy it looked like it had weight and it just moved very slowly and very quietly over us and went up the alley behind us and my mom was like uh, uh, let's let's what is this harold let's get out of here and my dad's like uh, what yeah let's get, try to get get out and i was trying to get out of the car to get a better look at it my dad wanted to leave so we drive away and we're talking about it and uh, we get my snake. We tell my brother and he's sort of smiling at is us. Is this yeah, okay, daytime, right. nighttime? What time of this day is, is this? This is night, nighttime. This is, I okay. guess, after after dusk, sun's down, seven, eight o'clock, sun's down. But you're getting a sense uh, of this thing is enough, like there's enough, the, with the, with, between the lights, you're able to con- make the shape or it's close enough to you that you're able to like see the shape or the lights make the shape, do you think? Uh, it's, it was a, a little of everything. I didn't make out any details, but you, you could tell the shape. You could, the lights trace the shape and there was, it was definitely a different color than the sky behind it. And we all mm-hmm. saw it. We were like, what the, there was definitely question marks over our heads the whole time. And, uh, but it flew up behind us. We went, we go to pick up my stuff, my snake. And, uh, we were driving back. And when we're, 
I'm back on these back Pennsylvania roads. You know what those are like. Mm. And uh, uh, over in the distance, we saw it again, and it oh, was shit. moving in the opposite direction. And it was very low, a little higher than it was with us. It looked like it. It looked like it was maybe five stories up when it passed over us, and it wow. was big, like half a half a city block, maybe not wow. huge, but it was it was a large thing. And uh, uh, but we saw it again moving very slowly in the opposite direction and it was it, it was it was moving with purpose that's what i remember thinking that it was going somewhere both times we saw it it was it wasn't just floating along or drifting or it and it wasn't making any sort of propeller noises or any sort of you know like novelty uh, uh eat at joe's blinking lights noises or anything like that mm -hmm. But that's that was our sighting, and we thought about it. My mom wrote it down. I have a copy of it somewhere. It's buried in the garage, I think. But I have her handwritten affidavit of what we had witnessed the next day. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was that. Long story short, that was it. I thought it was cool as shit. I was trying to get it out, and whoa! My mom yeah. was trying to pull me back in the car. But did, yeah, it was and, wonderful. And did Dad and Mom have a, a theory about, or was just that was a UFO? I mean, what's that? No, I know my mother took an interest in UFOs after that. She was, you know, bored housewife. So she uh, uh, she got really into it. And I think maybe five or six months later, she went to a, a, a convention or a, a lecture or a, a seminar about UFOs and flying saucers and stuff over in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And she uh, she stood up and volunteered the story, said what what had happened and a bunch of other people i think like three or five other people were like we saw something very similar on those days or, or close to those days it was moving this the same craft or whatever it was but other people had seen it and had filed reports of it so it was a thing that had happened and i did not doubt it happened yeah well and it's interesting that you saw it twice that you saw like two two legs of your trip because you know, so often yeah, like it was going are... back for its keys or something. <laughs> yeah, it's Snake. What happened to Snake? Oh, uh, uh, he uh, he died. He was a little baby, and I should not have taken him out of the woods. It was a, a sad learning experience for me on that level too. That's, mm -hmm. But that's a different podcast, you guys. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're not we're not picky about that's it. our yeah. We, you know, our, our snake killing podcast. I named him I named him Ringo. That was a mistake, and then he was too small to eat anything. Yeah. Oh, but he was really beautiful, beautiful little guy. Yeah. There's so anyway, he, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have seen a flying saucer. Yeah. Or a triangle. And yeah, did your mom continue to like sort of take an interest in the subject? Like over she, the years? Yeah, or? She, yeah, she sort of stayed, uh, uh, you know, arm's length hobbyist, you know, reading about it in magazines and stuff. And I don't think she kept going to any more seminars or anything like that. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, she, you know, she, she was really into comic Kahootek, you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. she, you know, she, she was following, following fads, but this was, it was weird. Can, can I say the other thing too, about this thing that happened that I remember more than anything else is the next day I went to school and I told everybody, I was very excited to tell my classmates what had happened and they laughed at me. They mocked me. I could not believe it. Like I was, gather around everybody. This cool thing happened. We saw this spaceship 
and uh and everybody laughed including my teacher they were oh, pointing and laughing like in a tv movie mm-hmm. just mocking me and i was yeah. like what the it was very strange they were all like yeah of course that didn't happen to you you're making it up yeah so you they get were all kind of bizarre. beautifully beautifully programmed that that's like the exact you know sort of reaction that the uh that our, our government would want, you know, it's it's like shame him, shame him immediately. Um, that's they crazy. all had weird white hair and glowing <laughs> eyes too. I don't know what it happened to <laughs> yeah. him. Exactly. But yeah, I was I just I just felt it was weird. It was because I'd seen it, and my mom and dad saw it. That sort of lent it this this official weight. And we, you know, we were very open about. Oh yeah, this bizarre thing flew over us. We didn't know what it was. Never seen it. Uh, what anything like it you're ridiculed by your class and uh, teacher and, and shamed by your teacher and uh, an authority teacher. figure an authority figure yes. yeah i'm assuming it was you know i might not have been a very strong teacher he was he was all right mr right now mr right now right now yeah like lee right now i was gonna say was, yeah or, or mr a little later <laughs> Uh, the, the other teacher was uh, uh, Mr. Myers, the other fifth grade teacher, and he looked like like a, a big pumped up Starsky. They, they mm-hmm. would it was a bizarre car sh- uh, a cop show back in the seventies. My teachers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and, and here's here's the, the what what year it was. Welcome back, Cotter was just starting out when I was in fifth grade. So this is that's the year this is. I'm ten years old, being mocked mm-hmm. by my classmates for uh, seeing a. Cool ass spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thinking they wouldn't do this to Barbarino. Hey, whoa. What? <laughs> whoa. Maybe, maybe it was a Phaeton thing. Maybe it was a bunch of, uh, it was a bunch of guys from the, the space volcano. What's the guy? Who's the guy in the middle of, uh, the Scientology? Is that Zeno? Zeno. Oh, yeah. I believe, I believe it's Zeno. I'm not, Zeno. I'm, I'm, I'm very low in the rungs over there um you'll get there just yeah you know stay dedicated yeah we but support this you all, this all gets cut out too right <laughs> but not by us. we all want yeah. to work again yeah um but yeah but i'm just curious but so like because i because i said all the t- i've known you more than 30 years i think at this yes. point and we've <laughs> never talked we've never talked about ufos ever um, no. so it is, it's where are, are there times that you talked about over the, or did you, did you just sort of put the experience away in, you know, in your consciousness? You know, I, I, uh, like I said, every now and then I'll drop it as something fun and people can believe it or they, or they won't, but it was, uh, it didn't strike me as something that was very strange at the time. It was, it seemed like, oh, wow, cool. I saw this. It was like a, like seeing a, a pot of dolphins or something. Oh, wow. I got to see one of those. Yeah. But then, yeah. But then watching people react to it with the, the, the skeptic, the skepticism was new to me, I guess, as a kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, seeing it from adults, I, I expected, but seeing it from other kids was like, what? I felt a little, little betrayed, you know, yeah. but I'm, I'm over it. But is it, yeah, but is it when you fell in love with the sound of laughter? <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was a man here. Let's let's take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so where are you now on this thing? I mean, you like all these this time, you know, you had this, you, you clearly uh, it's still with you. It's still something that you remember, recall uh, is certain in your mind occurred. It had to have been something, right? It had to have like, right. it, it had to exist. We're now in this weird time where it it's like, I don't know if you, do you follow it now? Do you follow this like weird shit that's happening out there or do you just kind of like uh if it gets to me and i need to know like no, what's your I'm interest very, level i'm very excited about it i would love to i would love to be alive when when aliens come out and go Ta -da! that would be that would be such a, a an amazing moment and it, it just but my whole life knowing that i had seen something like that makes me go well how did that happen if it if it is aliens or if it is people you know things from somewhere else how did they get here why did they get here what do they have to overcome because the older i get the more i learn about you know cosmic rays just degrading everything constantly while you're in outer space and and uh all sorts of different multi-levels of dimensional travel possibilities just every Every day, it seems like there's new stuff that you have to factor into this, to knowing that there's something out there and it figured it out and got here with it. Well, I just read. So that's yeah, I know. I just read today that apparently, uh, exposure being in long-term exposure in space also destroys your immune system. Your immune system, yes, and your eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, like you, if you close your eyes, it just the the rays trigger things in your retina and you just see little sparkles and explosions all night. It's like, I just want to sleep. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I've been space, digging ditches all day. I want to get some yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah so the, the rigors of space travel don't seem pleasant at all. Just getting to Mars with human beings seems like they're not going to be much value. <laughs> they're not going to be in very good shape by the time they get there, much less spend much time on Mars. Uh, yeah. given, given the bombardment of radioactivity, I know it seems quite um it's a tough one imagining billions of light years of travel and and it and it suggests but at the same time you saw something many many people are seeing things pilots are seeing things they're talking about these things in congressional hearings some lots of people are seeing something that's not us so where do you in your do you even do you have a a preference a, do you have a a, a thought or choice of what they are or where they're from or what they could be if they're not kind of just coming here on a straight flight from, you know, Beta Centauri or something? No, I would think that, I would think that realistically that there's, they're, they're set up, they've set up shop in the solar system somewhere and they, they have a base of operations here. They came here from wherever. Uh, another possibility is there's some sort of, interdimensional travel that they have that you know we can't begin to understand or or maybe they travel long term and they're from a, a system where they're used to that kind of radiation you know it's you, you never know who's how they're outfitted for stuff and, and you know they of course being you know the venusians <laughs> yeah you know, whoever they are it's it, it's 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 I, I I can't help but think of the universe as being the atoms and molecules that build something huge, and that we live on a 
particle the way that there would be a civilization on a electron in one of our atoms in our fingertip or something. Anyway, man, it's some great weed, bro. It's all- well, now, well, I was going to say, there's even, uh, even like in physics, there are like theories coming out now in mainstream physics that, that maybe space, that actually distance might not exist. Um, you know, that we, you know, we may be living in a holographic projection of a, uh, that, you know, a, a multidimensional, like that we, we may just be some sort of projection and that, that everything is really not spaced out, that everything is really right next to everything else. And that <laughs> like a TV, and that, like a TV studio. Yeah. Right next to. <laughs> yeah. And that distance, distance might be an, an emergent property of maybe, um, oh. I heard once that it might be a property of uh, entanglement, that things that are very, uh, tightly entangled may appear to be close together. Things that are loosely entangled appear to be far or they're apart. So there could be the idea that, that's, that distance itself may be an illusion and maybe uh, that, you know, and also that space time uh, might not really exist. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff out of us, Dave. What, what, yeah. It's a lot to take in. More of a a communications thing where they're trying to figure out how to use entanglement to send information like, like a computer like instantaneous transmission of stuff like that. Yes, which I guess phys- phys- I guess physicists keep saying, well, in- entanglement, you can't use it to transmit information. But then, that, you know, but then again, that just means we haven't figured it out yet. Um, yeah. You know, it's also the people, yeah, the people, that, you know, the, the sci- sci- scientific community that keeps saying, uh, well, UFOs, uh, it's not possible, so therefore it isn't happening. Uh, as opposed to going, well, these things keep happening. Let's try to figure out what makes it possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think there's still truth to? When I was a kid, ever the, the 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 top reason that they kept that stuff secret was it would cause such a uh, such a, a weird panic in humanity, knowing that they that we weren't the center of the universe anymore. That there were other better things that were smarter than us that were doing better than us in school you know what i mean yeah and, and that we that we wouldn't be able to take being god's special planet yeah that it which would, is, would cause some sort of society unraveling which go, i mean goes back to copernicus and later galileo that you know that notion that if we let these if we let these facts out that society will crumble and yet yeah and yet people uh, people just throughout human history apparently just don't give a shit about anything um <laughs> so they can be you know they can think oh. and we're in Copernicus time weren't even online they weren't yeah, you know, exactly. they weren't yeah steady drip of information and news but it's always that feeling like, like uh people in power always feel like like the 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 idiot populace will just freak out and panic whereas really i think the populace keeps going oh okay yeah i don't I mean, you know, I mean, I think they, you know, heretics were getting burned for suggesting, you know, the, I mean, some people were caring about like what the how how things were shifting or the power structures were were kind of, you know, forcing their worldview. I mean, I I think I think it used to be, I think it used to be like my understanding was they won't tell us because it's it's invasion. People freak out. We're going to be invaded. Or yeah, I think it's probably also there's something kind of cooler and better out there doing better. And we're, you know, kind of idiots. And um, 
I guess there was also a you know the religious military thing that seems to be a real if you if you buy into the which at this point given all everything the conversations we've been having I do buy into there's some debris somewhere being held by someone that has maybe been there for a while and uh, religious military people were like fuck it it's demonic we don't know what to do with it just leave it over there and we don't want to trouble our minds with it. However, the it seems like uh, it's gotten weirder. Like the conversation's gotten weirder where I almost because that other stuff, I'm like, you know, people can handle that and people can handle we were, you know, we've we've talked about ontological shock and we've talked about the, you know, the world's now round when it was flat and the world, you know, we now circle a sun, whereas, you know, all of that was jarring to the people of the time. But it's the weirdness of, as we've just talked about, whether or not distance exists or whether or not there's something dimensionally you know it's one thing to imagine like okay they're super far over there and they're coming all the way over here that doesn't i if there's still a sense of safety i don't like the up the up close and personal like maybe it's much more around us that we can't perceive fishbowl style that that is something (laughs) that's something that the public might be you know, super freaked out by if there's something living with us on the planet that has some ability to not be perceived um, is, uh, I don't know, that seems to be where some of the conversation has been going. Whereas, and I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe that, maybe that isn't something we should share with the public. Uh, or yeah, is it? Dark matter, dark matter, people living right next to us. Yeah. Dark matter roommate. Yeah. Well, yeah. And well, since nine, since more, was this? 95% of the universe is dark matter and dark energy. <laughs> so basically we don't know. It's basically 95% of the universe is missing. Um, well, you and- know, I was trying to explain it to my, to my kid the other day, uh, the Buckaroo Banzai. Do you remember, you remember Buckaroo oh, yeah. Banzai? Yes. And, yeah. and that he, uh, they invented a thing to travel because atoms are mostly empty space. It's a very clever plot thing. That atoms are mostly empty space the way a solar system is mostly empty space. And if you figure out a way to just drive through that space, you can go through all these different dimensions. Hmm. But it's uh, uh, there's so much weird discovery of dimensional stuff happening right now. I fell into a Fermi paradox hole uh, today, actually. You know, looking up, uh, uh, just trying to figure out uh, uh, the uh, it's the third body problem is the three body problem. It's that it's a Chinese science fiction book, and uh, it's about a future where civilizations all lay very low because other civilizations will come and destroy them because they want to control the resources. There's limited, there's only 25% of the universe isn't dark matter. You know what I mean? So the reason that, that, that advanced civilizations stay, we can't tell where they are is because they stay quiet. They don't want to get discovered. And Earth is like, hey, here's where I love Lucy reruns, you know, it's broadcasting out into space. They're going to come and get us because we don't know. It's, you know, like the, uh, uh, that, I guess that, what is that? The dark, the dark forest theory is, that's what that's yes. called. Yes. Yeah. It's an amazing book, actually. It's really, it, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of stunning. The, the description of the invasion or the soon to arrive in 50 years like i i can't quite 100 years earth has time to panic 
Yeah, it was really, and and its description of dimensional space, um, it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing read, and and is almost um, yeah hard to articulate the but but they it's it's the most interesting description of an invasion to come, and um, yeah I haven't it's gone over the rest really, of the series, but it's alien. You know, alien yeah. mathematics and concepts. Because it, it's it, who's to say it's going to be, you know, you know, Klingons with the prosthetic forehead and stuff like that coming coming out mm -hmm. to speak in English, like uh, uh, <laughs> like I'm doing comedy in Morongo Castillo, you guys. <laughs> hey, get out speaking English. Hey, what's up with that? <laughs> it's it's they're going to be aliens, you know. And and yeah. what was the other thing too that that uh, that other civilizations? It's all about timing. They, they all. You know, it's like fireflies in a field. This one lights and goes out. And this one over here lights up and goes out. This one lights up and goes out. That's civilizations coming and going at different times. Yeah. And they just nobody sees up. Well, if if we if you get past the point of being able to blow yourself up to, to be yeah. able to develop the technology, and then how long how long does the civilization last? Does it last long enough to develop the technology necessary to get here? Yeah, to overcome itself. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it, again, we keep going, we keep using ourselves as a benchmark, you know, and, you know, which might be unfair because we might be the dumbest thing in the universe. <laughs> so, you know, there might be like other civilizations that have been hanging around for millions of years might just be going, well, we never even thought about blowing ourselves up. It didn't. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. We never thought, oh, nuclear power, let's build a bomb. You know, why would you smoke a cigar in this closed convertible on a, this road trip to Vegas? Why would you do <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. It's like, I, I wonder if, if uh, I mean, because we're kind of far out from any sort of galactic center. And, uh, I, you know, us kind of being out here in the sticks a little bit. Maybe uh, maybe the stuff that's visiting us is just from our own neighborhood. You know, Alpha Centauri is really close, Proxima Centauri. Uh, you know, from what I, I mean, I, that's I get most of my mail from those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're very, they're very close. But you could get here. It's, I don't know. I feel like uh, uh, that, that uh, going faster than light and figuring that stuff out might be the easy part. That's just that, like we were talking about, surviving in outer space as these, mm -hmm. you know, naked hermit crabs without shell bodies that we have, you know, and our eyes popping and yeah. brain cells playing. Yeah, there may be creatures out there that have evolved to live in space and, you know, that are impervious to any, all the things that will destroy us. Well, they would send probes. I think that would be the uh, uh, high-tech civilization would just send probes and AI at this mm -hmm. point. You yeah, know, and they would be, and the AI would be able to, you know, like draw you at the beach or draw you hanging out at the at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Well, draw also, you with you could, it could be a different if if you're if you're a, a species that maybe each where individuals live a billion years, you have a different concept of time and and travel. It'd be like if a fly was to try and comprehend the idea of you know going across town. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I only live twenty four hours. How am I going to do this? This is not going to work. Window, window. window there's no all way. I there's no way anyone can go across town. Mm -hmm. It's physical. Is it, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe these life forms are like, 
are like big tardigrades, like water bears, and they can go into outer space and just kind of turn into a little desiccated husk for a little while. And then when they get yeah. to whatever star system they're in, they reconstitute. Yeah. Seems, yeah. you know, that's what I would do if I were a water bear. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The, uh, I, I love thinking about the uh, Oumuamua. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but the. No, uh, you pronounce, that's correctly. It is correct. Assuming I'm pronouncing it correctly, and I assume I am. Oumuamua. Yeah. But, but I love Mumu. I love the idea that it came from somewhere else. I love the fact that it came in and accelerated on the way out. I love that it mm-hmm. didn't have any sort of comet performance or anything. That it was very, very strange. I love. I wish they could follow it. Here's yeah. the thing that's and I and it's interesting you just brought that up because I I agree that that's a whole other more kind of. Um, I don't know, logic-based approach to this search and to these questions, which is sort of the Avi Loeb, uh, you know, astrophysics approach, which is there's the one like fucking dimensions and DMT and I'll visit the gods and the lizard people and we'll all sort it out. And there's the dimensional, but then there's also the the kind of, you know, more, let's say, traditional science approach, which is what he's taking because he just published um, the first, I think, peer-reviewed paper of the Galileo Project. And the Galileo Project is this kind of esteemed group of scientists um, led by Avi Loeb. He's the head of Harvard's astrophysics, uh, astronomy, astronomy department. Yeah. Um, and, and he just did this whole thing where they dredged, they were dragging the ocean floor um, in, uh, off of Papua New Guinea they were dragging the ocean floor because it was the landing place of a fireball uh, from, I think, about 10, 10 years ago. I could be wrong of when the timing was, but like Oumuamua, it had a weird trajectory. The way it entered, the way the fireball entered, according to Avi Loeb, the, it was, um, it, it, the fireball was like, okay, that could be an interstellar traveler because of its weird trajectory, weird velocity. So it lands in this part of the ocean, they sort of tracked it. And then as part of the Galileo project funded this exploration and they put down these magnet sleds where they began to pull up because he, I assume, expected to find what he found, which are these spherules, these weird, tiny little Millimeter sized. Millimeter sized balls, which are composed of apparently high levels of uranium, high levels of materials that apparently eliminate many, many options of any sort of traditional meteorite asteroid. I'm out of my depth scientifically. So I'm, but. And he turned whatever it was into these micro balls. The explosion. the The explosion, yes, kind of desiccated this thing into this kind of state and yet the materials inside these spherules um, apparently suggest an interstellar origin he i love his theory of like space litter like i think that makes a lot of sense you know um assuming we're still talking about our space-time world and traditional physics and whatever space litter makes yeah shit would just like old you know ancient 
from somewhere else is just floating through and we might be able to spot it and it might be somebody's diet coke can from a civilization 10 billion years ago or something but that to me is a fairly logical um approach to this and so he that's they are now studying these little balls which he is he is suggesting like he thinks it's a kind of like ai thing like he thinks it's a sort of he hasn't gone to that extent in the paper um but he's but hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He's all, you know, he believes these are sort of in the, there's a willful, like this was sent kind of thing. But it's being peer reviewed, I guess, in like Harvard and Berkeley. And they're all going to look at these little iron balls or whatever they are to kind of back him up but it's um it's a it's a fairly mainstream uh expedition scientific expedition that um that does you know that because he's looking you know he's looking for stuff that's landed here that that might not be the most i mean even though he's accused of his by some peers like the new york times did their usual like we'll pick one guy that doesn't like him and just give them a whole article to sort of you know, kind of trash him. Hey, Barry hated him. Oh God, hard to repeat. <laughs> no, it's like one one person in like Arizona was like yeah, fucking guy. Um, but uh, I don't know. It seems it. it I, I'm I'm interested in that kind of investigation as well because that could yield as many answers as I don't know. Like yeah, taking DMT and just t talking with the elders. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's. it's Remember, remember the meteorite, the Martian meteorite that had the the tiny life form in it. I think there's yeah, still the fossilized, yeah, microbes, yeah, and, and yeah, there's yeah. A, yeah, that's the, the uh, whatever. Yeah. Clinton did a big speech about that. Clinton did. You guys no, remember? It, yeah, well, yeah, Clinton did, made a big speech. They they cut it into the movie Contact. Yeah, uh, and also, but I've said that's the one thing that gets me that. That when we find these like fossilized possible uh, microbial fossils in Mars, it was like weeks of, of coverage at the time, and yeah. you know, and then like after in the 2017 when the New York Times uh, tells a story that oh there's a top secret UFO program in the Pentagon, oh and here's some videos of UFOs that the Pentagon admits are real and they don't know what they are, oh and they're traveling at Mach 30 and oh and they're going from eighty thousand feet to sea level in just done no under a second and so all of that news is also dissolve the taj mahal check it out yeah all that news comes out and almost no follow-up almost no like basically it's in the new york times and the next day it's like all right everyone move on 
um, as a, you know, it's just a, the, 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 just the, the difference in level of attention being paid to, you know, these microbes from Mars and <laughs> the fact that the top gun pilots are seeing ships that they can't catch, you know? Yeah. One's a little easier to handle, right? One's a little like there's microbe on Mars. Like, okay. Like I can handle microbe on yeah. Mars. Like, you know, tic tac out flying my top gun pilot, yeah. less fun. Yeah. You know, that's getting a little intimate. I mean, I just think the more intimate this thing gets, the more people want to like, okay, you know, um, but it, it to, to me that, you know, there's kind of, it's going one direction and you, you sort of, you know, we will, we will need to steel ourselves to whether it's tomorrow or five years from now or 15 years from now, there's gonna, I think there's going to be a real paradigm shift. Um, but uh I don't know. I, I thought the hearings two weeks or whatever it was, three weeks ago, fast Jesus. I mean, it was just it was spilling out of David Grush and spilling out of these pilots. And it's just, you know, and and then it seems like there's been a little cleanup. Right. It seems like there's been like, oh, well, let's let's you know, we set up a the arrow program, whatever the hell it's called. And they'll deal with like it. I don't know. Am I wrong? Do you guys get that impression? It felt like. The forces of darkness were sort of. There's, well, there's definitely moves. There was, uh, I mean, the, the, I mean, they're, they're blocking them from having a, a sub Senate subcommittee with, um, subpoena power to do more, uh, hearings. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name. Um, uh, who's, who's basically come out. Basically he was told, well, we really can't keep doing this. It's going to embarrass the, uh, department of defense. Oh, well, you can't, can't and, do that. Yep. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're trying to block him from doing a, Having subpoena power. It's been embarrassing that, that, that they haven't been able to reverse engineer stuff fast enough, or that they're being outclassed by aliens. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed about being outclassed yeah. by well, aliens. They might have, they, but they might aliens. have murdered some people. Oh, okay. They may have, they may have murdered some people, and they may have, they may have stolen billions of dollars. And uh, I mean, that's part of Grush's thing is that they've been, they've basically been illegally siphoning money out of uh military programs into these oh, okay. programs so this and the aliens know it that's why they're here <laughs> aliens yeah. are like yeah yeah. Some of that. <laughs> yeah yeah i want a percentage give me some of that uh, yeah I, yeah i don't i don't know what's going on i feel like i feel like uh, uh in a larger sense that that like maybe now there's stuff coming out that that were visited in waves by different civilizations like like maybe back in the 50s there was a there was a group of people that that had like the spinning top saucers and with high collars or something and they were sighting for a while and then later mm -hmm. there was little, little green men or grays or whatever and you know then there was my triangle wave with the belt there was a belgian triangle wave yeah you know so, so uh uh you know, maybe it's different, different civilizations and uh, maybe they're more at ease with this one, that this one is one that they can, that they feel like they can release, you know, yeah. Sun Ra says there are worlds that they have not told you of. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they know this stuff, the way they know how much you make in taxes, but they still make you do the taxes to see what you say. That's what they're playing here, man. That's the game. That's but the game. Yeah, I don't know what the government's game could be anymore because, like, the whole world is involved. I'm sure yeah. the aliens aren't dealing with just the United States. 
the Indians just landed on the, the South Pole of the moon, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe the shard in, on the, the back of the moon is like this big, crazy transmitter that goes out into the galaxy that we can't see because we never send stuff back there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I think also the, the one, the other, the other argument for why they're keeping these things secret is part, is that the technology behind the propulsion system that these craft use. I mean, we, I mean, we had a conversation with Gary Nolan a ways back that we just not part of the podcast, but he said, well, what if this, what if this technology can be turned into a weapon uh, yeah. that is that, you know, and, and, our country's trying to figure out a way to break, to reverse engineer this technology. So are the Russians, so are the Chinese and whoever gets there first. Um, yeah, you could, you could use it as a, a, as a source of energy for the world or a means of travel that, uh, or a way to escape our own planet. Uh, or you can, you know, he said, you know, it could be a technology that Gary Nolan said, it could be a technology that allows a, um, a, a terrorist group, uh, to be able to grab hold of an asteroid and redirected it to to Earth, if they want. Yeah. Yeah. I. I uh, yeah. So there's <laughs> there's dangers. You don't dangers. want that. No, you there's dangers. You don't want that. No. Yeah. Um, no, he no he was also uh, he also made the interesting case of like, you know, it's not a super organized conspiracy. It's a old conspiracy put together by old guys a long time ago. And that's kind of why all the holes in the dam are starting to kind of, that's why there's all the kind of leaks and it's just a creaky old, you know, something put in place. It's like our relationship with Cuba. Why are we still doing, still doing this? Why are we it's open a little bit. Yeah. 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 It's this old yeah, belief system. This is is it a generational fear? Do you think? Do you think that when the when the boomers and the I mean the greatest generation has gone there, that was a little before their time, unless you yeah. believe the final down. Well, it, it does seem generational. Uh, yeah, because I mean it, it, it's it's these young guys like like Lou Elizondo, uh, who ran ATIP, you know, and David Grush and David Fravor, who are younger than their their uh, you know than their uh, commanding officers. They seem to be the ones who are kind of. They don't care anymore. They, you know, Ryan Graves, uh, you know, uh, another fighter pilot. They all seem like like they're coming forward and they're just saying, I don't care about the stigma. I don't care about uh, protecting the Department of Defense. Um, and they're so I think there I think there is a generational shift in amongst the people in, in the in the Department of Defense. I think there's younger people who want to stop this. I think too. If there's if there's a generational shift, then there's uh, like you said that they can take this. It's a race to reverse engineer the technology, and knowing Earth, as I I think I know Earth, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll make a weapon out of it. And and what because we're dicks, and uh, mm-hmm. and so I think that uh, that that the generation that would turn it into a weapon is wrestling with a generation that would like to turn it into something that would make food and propulsion and you know clean power you know beam down from orbit kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know so uh you know instead of giving money to the department of defense we want to give it to, to nasa to you know grow tomatoes and stuff in orbit and yeah and uh and, and you're having a rage against the dying of the light with these with these old military guys yes yeah, so instead of like getting mit to finally give us flying cars 
Yeah. I don't want flying cars, though, by the way. I don't get people can barely drive land cars. Yeah. Like Saturday night, I got to worry about fucking like the high school kids down the street, like just just shooting their car into my house, you know, because they're yeah. up. You know, I don't need that. Guys, your house will have a force field. I don't know why you're what are you worried about? It's a propulsion field. We'll all have a full we'll have force fields. Oh, yeah, we'll wear, I, I we'll wear headbands. I think that I buy the I buy the sort of creaky generational theory, and I think that it, there is like a new there's kind of a new breed of attitude that is like why why can't I say what I saw? Why can't I tell what I saw? What is this sort of old idea of like you just don't fucking talk about it? Because why is Mister Reisenauer laughing at me? <laughs> I know. Well, Why? it was built in. It was built into the culture, right? Yeah. It, was, well, it, was, it was a trained response. Avi Loeb got the same response from other astronomers when yeah. he said Oumuamua was a light sail. Basically, Mr. Mr. Uh, what was his name? Right more. Right now we're more. Yeah, Mr. Right teacher's now. name. Yeah, he, Mr. Right now. Yeah, he got the yeah, right, right now from from the academics. Um, <laughs> And it still is. I had a football coach named Mr. Sweatlock. I mean, it's like, what is it about these people? Do they go into the profession that their name leads? I mean, is that how it works? That they just, I mean, I don't know about Mr. Right now, or it just might have been very punctual, but. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Had, I had a phys ed teacher named, your parents don't need to know this. Um, <laughs> Dave Foley, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's all he heard. Uh, yeah, it's at, listen, it's interesting days, right? These are good times. Is, I want to see what's going to happen. I, I think there's going to be crazy shit. I'm, I'm prepping my kids. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to, but there's going to be some, it's going to be an interesting decade. I, I feel like this is one of those sort of waves. Like it feels like there was a world war two wave of like where every like looked like we were going to bomb the shit out of each other as a species. And it felt like UFOs popped up all over the place. And they're like, Let's look at these guys. They were really, they're, they're really close. And then kind of the nuclear fifties wave, right? We were all these bombs start coming around and then you have all these stories in Roswell. And it feels like I, I have this, I have this idea that AI is making them kind of go like, Oh God, like, what are they, they know what they're doing. They just keep wanting to kill each other. Like that, how are they going to deal with this technology? And um, it, it, that to me, if there's any kind of pattern, it seems like they, they swarm when uh, when we're getting a hold of something we should, probably shouldn't get a hold of or we're not ready to to handle yet. So um, maybe maybe they'll come out and grab they're, it from us or something. They're here to they're here to solve the whole streaming issue. Yeah. <laughs> can they settle? Can they settle the strike? Can they? Yeah. Just, can they just that would a be decent amazing. way to put residuals in it. Well, A M P P P unfair. Beat <laughs> what is love? Beat we. I would be interested to see uh, what it, what an AI would. Uh, I'm not a big AI fan, but I would be interested to see what an AI thinks about what is happening, like what its conclusion would be, given all the evidence. It would probably say, "Yeah, well, obviously there's something crazy going on." They're not yeah. afraid. They're not afraid to talk. They're not like people, right? Yeah, yeah. true. They're not. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't shame AI yet. That's when. We'll, that's when we'll know it's sentient. When it's when we can shame it. Yeah, yeah, we have to. When it's afraid to tell us, yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't want to get laughed at. Well, 
Uh, Mr. Right Now or Why? <laughs> Look what he said uh, in motion. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I think another thing too that that's that's odd to me is uh, is like you were saying that there should be more interest that UFOs are real and people are talking to in Congress. Oh yeah, we saw this crazy stuff and F eighteen yeah. pilots are going, oh my god, you taking pictures with aliens and stuff. But I wonder if just there's so much going on here in these end times that people just can't get any traction. It's like, uh, yeah, aliens, whatever. There's a submarine imploded. Yeah, aliens, whatever. Musk is going to fight Zuckerberg in a cage match. It's like yeah. it's the people have already moved on to the next TMZ thing. Does that? Yeah, well, I think I think it's just we've been so very very well conditioned to not think about UFOs, or most people have anywhere, or to not talk about them, or to. You know, um, and certainly our, our media and our, you know, um, have certainly been very conditioned to not talk about it since going back at least to the, you know, to the, uh, the fifties and, um, to just, uh, ignore it. And that, and that if you don't ignore it, then you're a crazy person. Um, so we'll ignore you. So anyone who doesn't ignore it, uh, is ignored. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a military style Yeah, and it works, and it's. I mean, you. I mean, you experienced it in your school. You know, that's the process. The fact that you have that's people, it. the fact that you can make fighter pilots, um, people who who fly really dangerous machines that could explode at any moment, into a place where other people in really dangerous machines want to kill them. These people will do that fearlessly. But then they'll see a UFO and be afraid to talk about it. I mean, that's the power of ridicule. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder, uh, and I, I hate to bring this element into it, but I wonder how how much religion is involved, especially with like Air Force. I know the Air Force is very religious. And, yeah. and I don't know if it speaks to it in other countries, how their militaries uh, deal with this kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. I wonder. Well, I wonder it if might be like the Russians took it. Might be why the Soviet Russia uh, Soviet Union took it more seriously and investigated it more thoroughly than we did, maybe because of the atheist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, mean, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, certainly superpowers don't want to seem or appear toothless or powerless to something. I mean, I think there's a, I think there's that psychological aspect of like. I'm not, you know, I mean, again, I've played in my mind, like, what does, what does Biden do? Like, what does he go? He goes up and he's like, my fellow Americans, like, we have no, no idea what this stuff is. It's there and it's kind of better than us, but, yeah. or it's powerful. It could probably just like vaporize us, yeah. but we don't know what they are. We don't know. I, I just, I'm like, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough job yeah. for a speechwriter yes. to put that one together. Like yes. just, and oh, and everybody they, go about your business, they do can, your thing. They can watch you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> oh, by constantly. the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and they can, they can take you anytime they want. It, uh, so it makes the case here. Any for questions? The, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it makes the case for the religious generals. It honestly does. Like, I mean, I, and I also think despite all that, this is a serious, like the friction at this moment is in my lifetime hasn't been, there is like, there's a lot of smoke, like whether or not, I mean, I think they still have to drag a UFO out of the garage to, to get everyone's attention because I do think the social media and Twitter, like, I don't think people trust what they see so much on these 
you know, on our screens or what's going on. But I think, I think despite all of this, there is still this uh, kind of, I don't know, it feels like labor pains. Something is kind of, you know, trying to reveal itself, be revealed. Forces are clearly trying to push, you know, some truth out there that um, there, I, I, you know, it's, there's a case, you know, there's a case against it in terms of, and also like religious, no one wants to be made irrelevant, right? I mean, it's like the, the certain religion, you know, could become just irrelevant. You know, the business of the business of religion would, could be, you know, profoundly challenged by these revelations. So um, I'm making both cases, guys. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. I don't yeah, know what I'm, I don't know what I believe yeah. anymore. Who's, yeah, who's, I'm torn. Yeah, or, I'm torn. Or, or will the aliens just sort of say, hey, you know, we're okay with letting you guys go about your business as long as you pretended you didn't know we were here, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but now, yeah, I, I, I now we're going to have to do something. I wonder if they would want to not tell us just because it's, it's like, why tell somebody they have a benign thing that they would worry about? You know what I mean? Like, like, it, like you were saying, Hey, there's this thing that's better than us and we can't stop it. It's just out there. Just letting you know. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. yeah. This is our website. It, it's better than people. <laughs> yeah, just like they can't freak out about it. Because, you know, people would it, you get people like, well, we want to see the aliens or we want to talk to the aliens. or We want to fight the aliens. People would get wound up in, in the wrong kind of ways, not knowing what they were fighting against. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The cool thing, though, so weirdly, it's like the only one of the few bipartisan things happening out there right now. It's uh, it is it seems to be yeah. kind of like no one's picked it for their side yet. Um, Republicans you, and Democrats are like, ready. Uh, do you feel yeah. like a fear is uh, is that countries don't want to come together to represent Earth as one big unified thing? They don't want the one world thing to, to face off against the aliens. That they're worried that they're, you know, that that uh, other countries are gonna gonna buddy up to the aliens first. Well, I think there's certainly a ton of people in the out there that believe the whole thing is a psyop, uh, just so that they can introduce a one world government um, and force us to wear masks, um, and stop and and eat and eat uh, crickets. That's like you know. <laughs> So, I think uh, we found. I think we found my line. I we was asking like Dave, what's his line? Like, is there a place where we stop? Believe, like, what, what? What? I I guess I I have a problem with the whole like handshake with the alien on that tarmac thing between like world leaders or yeah, like, Eisenhower. I, yeah, yeah. I that that one. I don't. It feels a little too literal to me. Like the alien will come shake hands with the president and make some some backroom deal. I still think it's probably just too weird for us to comprehend and for them to try to explain something to us wouldn't even they, they wouldn't even if they're this technologically capable to slip in and out of our reality and fucking do whatever they i don't know if we'll speak the same like language i don't know we no. don't have the same interests you know and, they're kind of they're taking things from us that they we don't know what they're doing what you know they, i yeah. think they're the autonomy that they have. They don't need to have a deal with us. They don't yeah. Need, they don't care. Yeah, okay. yeah. Now, now do you, yeah. Do you, have you heard I th Einstein said that 
that flying saucers weren't extraterrestrials, that they were ultraterrestrials, that they were, that flying saucers were time machines and that they operated the way, uh, uh, the, their effects were described the effects of, uh, things that were traveling through time and that, uh, and the aliens, uh, the descriptions of aliens, uh, described beings, <clears throat> excuse me, beings that were, uh, super evolved humans, giant heads, small withered, you know, arms and legs and stuff. Do you think mm-hmm. there's there's anything to that? I mean, because then you get into time it's travel. As, it's as likely but, as anything. Yeah. Also, I think that if if the even if they are coming from somewhere else, they could also be time travelers. As I said before, they could, and they may have, uh, they may have really just arrived here half an hour ago, but they experience time differently. They may have arrived here at all points in history at the same time. Yes. But, but, you know, but maybe in their time frame, they've only been here about a half an hour and they're still sizing us up, you know? I mean, wouldn't they have to be time travelers to get here even from, you know, super duper spy? I mean, there, there would have to be some sort of manipulation uh, to even accommodate getting here. I I think uh, by our, by our understanding, uh, y- yes. I mean, I, I also can, I could also probably buy into the idea that we've been sharing this space unaware of something else. Something that forever. evolved before us. You know, like that, that, um, that something could be sort of chilling, <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. needing the same resources as we do in some capacity that uh, is um, super ahead. I don't know. Uh, yeah. A species that was going well. The dinosaurs were fun. Who's next? Yeah, oh, <laughs> mammals. Yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a species that's sort of uh, living in a ultraviolet dimension right next to us. Because you know, you look at the universe through different different filters, and it's a completely different scene. You know, yeah. the way flowers are different colors to bees. Aliens probably can see you know Jack Kirby swirls all through the cosmos. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's uh, uh, aliens wouldn't have the same kind of eyes. They would develop on a planet with different radiation, so they would have, you know, different yeah. visual receptors or you know, yeah. Different well, you think about things. you think about think about the way the bat, a bat experiences the world. A bat experiences the world in three hundred and sixty degrees, um, yeah, through echolocation. So it it's has a total awareness of its surroundings as opposed to us with these stupid things. You know, and oh, I better scan around. Like a bat just knows everything that's everywhere around it all the time. Yeah, and and I mean, would would it be uh, uh, how many? This was something else I read that was kind of interesting. It's like dolphins have, are very intelligent. They've been here for twenty million years, and they they haven't invented anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, you know, there's, no, there's no dentistry or aspirin or schools or anything. But they're happy. They're fine. So how many, how many planets are covered with intelligent species that just don't care? <clears throat> they don't, yeah. They're not interested in leaving their their cradle. Why would you want to? Yeah, it's it's impossible to get there without you know being deg- your DNA being degraded by, by X-rays. Yeah. Oh, I, I, and there can be no question that there. I mean, there have to be millions, millions of civilizations. Like, I mean, the the numbers don't even. Yeah. Uh, there's they never made simply, it out of the 50s. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's simply no way that there aren't. So I imagine we would be a kind of, you know, novel like check on them, see what they're up to, but don't go near them. I mean, don't 
try to play with them, they're they're nuts. They're sort of you know we've got we've got kind of big toys uh, that are destructive, and we're otherwise still like screaming at each other, freaking out. You know, I mean, um, even with this being arguably one of the most sort of peaceful stretches of our history, it's still fucking nuts down here. So I mean, I think any you know anyone would be like. Just, you know, just like look at them, you know, maybe <laughs> slip mm-hmm. in, check them out, maybe study one, pluck what, you know, but um, I saw we'd have to be one of the youngest. Really? Hmm? Lost you there. Oh, I said I saw uh, a big fight at the Galleria, so I don't think we're ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, that'll do it. That'll make you go like, uh, just leave us alone, aliens. Well, one, good, one good brawl at the Galleria will do it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, well, I think as we as we go on this, at some point I have to finish rewatching all the ex- episodes of the X Files with my daughter tonight. I think we have to watch all the entire season series. Really, that's a that's yeah. a big undertaking. Yeah, I know you got you got to get yeah. going. I know it's, but I'm saying we've been rewatching all the X Files, and it's very different watching the X Files now after seeing the, the you know all the stuff that's happened since 2017. There's a certain someone was telling me it sort of holds like is it quaint? I mean, someone was like saying like oh they kind of had their like a pretty cool beat on some of this stuff. They had a lot of it. They definitely had the writers of that show were definitely steeped in the uh, the UFO uh, history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. you know, sometimes I wonder though how much of the the UFO, all the conspiracy and the government, the surreptitious things that are supposed to be going on with secret societies. I wonder how much of that is just complete hot air and uh, just, you know, the aliens are operating at a different level and we're just kind of doing whatever we can to keep up. I don't, I don't, I, I don't really think, uh, I don't think we have anything. I wouldn't think that we have a deal with them yet. Yeah, Does that no. make sense? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think the Galactic Federation has extended membership to us. <laughs> no. You know? Uh, but 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 big, again, but every time I think that, every time I think something like that, where I go, well, that's all crazy. Then you know, a few months later, I'm going, oh, it's not crazy. Oh, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it does it does do that to you. I'm I am I remain a I don't believe in these super organized conspiracies because it just doesn't seem to be the way any of it works like it all seems so messy when you look up close like it just government seems so like seat of its pants barely figuring out last week's problem like it just i i can i can get the the idea of a very small need to know thing that has sort of you know kind of aged because no one knows what the fuck to do with it i can kind of get that i have a lot of that in my house right i don't know what to do with this i'm going to put it in the shed and I'm going to forget about it because I just can't either. It's got no place in the house right now. It's got no real meaning. Like I no utility or function. We'll just put it away. I guess I can get my head around that. And maybe that constitutes a major conspiracy. But I feel like the overall disorganization of humanity is like, yeah, I mean, it's like the Rosicrucians and the symbols and this. And it's all in the, you know, Mona Lisa, Da Vinci. I I think it's, yeah, I think they'd be kind of like at a different level. I think you're right, Blaine. It puts us at a level of security of like, oh, yeah, like we got our, our secret societies and talk to their secret societies and we'll kind of, they'll sort it out in this uh, back room. But yeah, I, humanity is not organized. I don't know if you've ever gone to Vegas 
and uh, tried to organize meeting for breakfast with other couples. But uh, there's <laughs> no way, no way these conspiracies are happening. No way, no way these Can't conspiracies. Do it. Are just expand that. Yeah, just build mm. it out. It's like no, the buffet is uh, is is beyond yeah. us. Right. And it's good natured. I mean, we're not idiots. You know, you know, you get is. there. Yeah. But it's a fine but yeah, metaphor. I wouldn't trust us with aliens at this point. No, no. But uh, but a good uh, but a damn good chat. Yeah, uh, I like playing. Oh, this was awesome. My pleasure. Thanks for not laughing at me when I told you about what I saw. I wish uh, I could find will, the thing. Well, not, my, not right here. Not right here. Our face. Where you know. <laughs> no man, that's where my mom and dad saw too, but they're dead. I can't. I can't call them up. It's yeah. Well, as I said, Once I. I, I, I Billy Pilgrim. Yeah, having having now seen a UFO myself, I have. Uh... Now, where, where was your where was yours? Tell me about yours. I'm sorry to do this at the very end. Tell me about your. Oh, okay. well, I won't. I'll very quickly. Uh, but I saw it with my my friend Jeremy Corbell. We were out walking his dog at night, and uh, literally, I look. I was looking at a, what a beautiful night it was. I was looking at the commercial air traffic off in the distance, and I literally said, "Jeremy, tonight would be a good night to see something." And like 30 seconds later, Jeremy goes, "Dave, turn around." <laughs> and there's this orangey gold glowing object on the horizon that circles three quarters of this valley that we're in, hangs in front of us for about a minute, and then disappears behind the mountains. And for the whole time, Jeremy and I didn't speak. We didn't react. We were quiet. And except at one point where Jeremy goes, I'm not even going to take a picture. And that's the only <laughs> thing. And, and I'm going, that's weird. But again, I didn't say it to him. I just swat, quietly kept watching this this. Uh, Thing Did it make a noise? No sound. It was about, and we, we guessed that it was about the size of a Mack truck. You know, fuck. And uh, how close was it to you guys? Uh, remind uh, me. I, I think mean, it was a few. I think it was probably just a few miles from us. In this guy. And how and high up would you estimate? I would. I'm trying to think how high the mountains are there. Um, so it was above the height of the mountains, so maybe, like maybe a thousand feet up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. weird when, when things that big are moving. I mean, you know, I I can I know planes and helicopters, and when things aren't moving like that, your 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 animal your ears move like a cat. They, <laughs> what is happening over there? Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's you can tell when something is is wrong. Yeah. But right for them. Yeah, but as I said, it was a weird experience, and it was literally like I asked for it, and it showed up. Um, wow. And uh, and yeah, it's a and, big threat would overturn in front of me. <laughs> yeah. You turn around. <laughs> oh, it's so weird how that does. I mean, you the more we hear about it, the 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 suggestion seems. I don't know. Well, like, seems so like, to be like, somewhat of a of a component here. Well, it's like the uh, Jacques Vallée kept saying: there's the there's the physical nuts and bolts of these things, and then there's also a, a connection with consciousness. You know, yeah. and that these whatever these things are, they're able to decide who want who they want to be seen by and when, and and they're able to interact with your with your, your with your your consciousness is the best I can describe it. Like the fact that the fact that Jeremy and I weren't excited and didn't make it, didn't talk about it for the whole thing. We were just dead calm for the whole thing. Well, you're you're riveted, right? You're just you're trying to you're trying to soak up every second, and your brain is trying to catch up to because it doesn't have an association to anything. So, I mean, mm -hmm. my 
my various uh, non non UFO specific moments where I still felt like something other was happening. You're it, it's like two parts going on. Like I want to be here. I want to be here in this moment. I want to take it all in as much as possible. But I'm also like I'm filtering it through. Like okay, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Is it that? You know yes. and yeah, it's it. Your brain, it's so you got your that's kind of just going to freeze you. You know, you don't yeah. you don't have much. You don't have a lot of room left for like, oh, and by the way, I, this is this dance I'm thinking about yeah. or like I'm going to take, you know. Yeah, my brain down. all the way through it. I was just going, OK, all right. Still not boring. OK, yeah. still not boring. All right. It's really close now and it's still not boring. I kept waiting for it to be something boring and ordinary. And yeah. uh, as it got closer and closer and closer, just going, oh. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, man. It's really crazy. Yeah, you weren't you didn't get worried that it was coming at you, did, did you? No, there was no worry. No, not even awe. There wasn't even awe. It was just, it was just, okay. All right. Okay. That's the, and then when it wasn't, then when it went behind the mountains, Jeremy goes, dude, that was a, that was a UFO. <laughs> and and he like, would listen, he would know. Yeah. I mean, cause. <laughs> and I, yeah. And, it and my response was, yeah, it was. It was it. <laughs> Did, did anybody else report that? Did you look it up? Did not, you Google not, it? Not that I've ever heard. I think Jeremy Der, Jeremy did some checking and he never never heard anything. Yeah. Damn. All right. Yeah, there's yeah. It's yeah, it's uh, uh, it's hard to compute, and your brain is like, what what is it? Instead of just uh, kind of relaxing and being in the moment. Yeah. Well, as I said, I got my feeling was that the thing we were looking at was in charge of our response. It was controlling our response, and oh dear, and that and that basically, there was a sense of that we should just stay calm, and pay attention, and that was it. So for the entire experience, I was just very calmly paying attention to all the details, and that was it. At the time of the lights, yeah, and just like, and again, it was it felt very it felt calm and rational, and I was just like going, all right, yeah, all right, I can see that. I'm looking at this. I'm gauging its speed and what it's doing and, and, oh yeah, there's no sound, but it was all, none of it, it was none of that, like, you know, the, the, when you see the, you know, the videos on YouTube, what the fuck is that? Yeah, fuck yeah, man, yeah. this is fucking, <laughs> fuck, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, fuck. You know, none of that. Yeah. If you say oh, that, no, they hear great... you and then they have ray guns. <laughs> yeah. They come down, they're coming there's to get great... ray guns. Yeah, there's a there's a great video of this guy calling for his <laughs> calling for his wife. It's it's pretty awesome though. It's like a it's like I don't know what I don't wouldn't even know how to find it, but it was like a it's a UFO video of like get out of here. <laughs> he's trying to like you know because he's seeing it. She never gets out in time, you know, and it's like oh my god. But um, yeah, that would that would be me. I'd just be screaming for Christina. Yeah. Get out of here! Where are you? What's going on? It's like um, snuffing. Goes up when everybody's gone. Nobody believes yeah. you. Ugh. Well, we believe you, Blaine. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Thanks for telling the story. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was great to meet you. Great uh, to meet you too. Thank, I, you. Thank yeah. you very much for having me, guys. And I and I yeah. hope we can, in some small way, ruin Mister Right Nowers' life. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. I mean, I'm I'm Mister Right Now. Forty-seven years ago in fifth grade, guy's got to be. He was if he was. 35 then he say he's got yeah yeah i'm not too worried about mr right now i feel bad nature's no, taking I, care I, of mr right now teachers but he mocked a child he mocked a child it's taking its course nature's taking its course with him but uh 
Uh, awesome. Awesome. So great to talk with you. Yeah, this was, yeah you too. And uh, we'll do it again. But thank you, buddy. Great to see you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. 